Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we have with you now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, that Holy Spirit will speak to every single listener that is here with us today, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, only you know the needs, the desires, the aspirations, the things that are going on in the lives of every single listener here today, O Lord God. So I pray that you speak to them, minister to them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We magnify thy name. We glorify thy name because only you are worthy of our praise. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Again, like I said, Pastor Mike here. And let me just say right at the outset here that if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause and run and get your Bible and maybe a penciled paper marker or something to highlight your Bible as we cover these scriptures. Because it's important that you make records and notes to yourself because there'll be times in your life when Holy Spirit will bring you back to revisit these scriptures. And you may have some notes there that you wrote down very applicable to what's going on in your life. Amen. Amen. Well, the important thing I want to talk about today is the fact that developing a relationship with Holy Spirit is crucial. It's critical for those who desire to discover and fulfill God's will for their lives. Okay. It's very important. Yet the truth is that many Christians are on fire for God and love Jesus with all their hearts, minds, and souls and strength, but they remain less familiar with Holy Spirit. Okay. We don't need know as much as we should know and need to know. Some long to fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God and hear his still small voice, but don't know how or don't believe that they even can. Many Christians don't believe that hearing from God or Holy Spirit speaking to them is even is, is even on the table. You know, we are raised many times to think that, uh, you know, we realize there's a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But as far as this personal communication, many believers don't really understand that and, realize, and don't realize that they're missing a huge benefit that Holy Spirit uh, can bring to them in their lives. Many people disregard Holy Spirit's work in their lives because they simply don't understand who he is. And even those who know him don't always have a continual awareness of his presence and a deep revelation of his love for them and how Holy Spirit works in their lives or could work in their lives. The natural way of hearing is through our physical ears. Okay, I say that again. Needless to say, of course, our natural healing way of hearing, sorry, is through our physical ears. However, did you realize that the number one way that the Holy Spirit communicates to us and guides us in our lives is not by the words that we hear through our physical ears, okay? The number one way that Holy Spirit guides us and communicates with us is not through our natural, our physical ears. God oftentimes wants to direct your life through your decision-making. The Holy Spirit guides us in our spirits, again, not through our physical ears, in our body, okay? He, and not through our ears. He wants to guide us in our spirits. Again, the number one way Holy Spirit leads and guides us through what the Bible calls the inward witness, okay? He guides us through what the Bible calls the inward witness. And with that, I'd like to turn to um, Romans 8.1. 
Romans 8, 1. Again, if you don't have your Bible, maybe you should go and grab it real quick, and along with a marker and some other utensils to write with. Okay, amen. Okay, starting with chapter 8, verse number 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, so here we see right away from the outset here, it's saying that no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ, who walks not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So here we again is talking about walking after the spirit. That's the important thing for us believers too. for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay, we see that constant reminder there that we should be walking not after the flesh, but after the spirit. In other words, we don't go through our lives um, uh, by relying on, you know, what, what our thoughts are and what those around us would be saying or, or looking at the news and, and so forth and being upset by what we see and hear going on. But we should be walking in the spirit. So here God right away now is alluding to the fact that there's something here that we should be doing relative to Holy Spirit. All right. He continues and says there, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So he's saying there, for those that, that, that carry on their lives, uh, um, are, are walking in the flesh, the things that they are concerned about, the thinking that things that they care for, okay, they mind or they care for the things of the flesh. In other words, the world around us, the world around us is, is our, is, is our, our main, uh, source of input. Okay, uh, the world around us and what we hear and see uh, is how we wind up making our decisions. Okay, so it's saying that for they that are after the flesh, we mind or we care for the things of the flesh or worldly things, but those that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Okay, so those of us who are caring after the spirit and minding the things of the spirit and, and are, are basing our lives and our decisions on the things of the spirit. Okay, this is where we should be. This is where God would, would want to have us. Okay, not not making decisions and taking out actions based on the world around us or input from the world. Again, news, other people or whatever. Okay, but by the by the spirit, we should be guided by the spirit. Verse number six says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, and of course, we know carnally minded mean, means the things to do with the flesh. Again, you know, worldly things. Okay, and if we we're, we're focusing our lives on that, then then it's saying that that is, that is death. Now, this is not necessarily talking about physical death, even though bad decisions that we make could unfortunately lead to physical death. But it's mainly talking about here separation from God and not understanding the deep spiritual things of God. Okay, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay, so now we see there's some benefit to us being spiritually minded or caring for the things of the spirit okay referring to holy spirit is life and peace seven because the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god neither can it be okay so the carnal mind or worldly things is enmity it's an enemy again it, it bumps heads with god it's against what the word of god says okay the carnally minded uh 
to be carnally minded is, uh, I'm sorry, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. Okay, so the worldly mind, the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, it says, it's not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. And the reason it's not subject to the law of God, because, because the carnally minded, worldly minded person has no room and no time for the word of God. Okay, it just cannot fall in line with God's way of thinking, with God's um, a concept of time, even of, of God's of God's uh, uh, understanding uh, in terms of how He wishes to 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 benefit us and to prosper us. All right, the carnal-minded man, or the carnal-minded person, or the fleshly-minded person, the worldly-minded per- person, the things that the Bible talks about, the things that God speaks of, it, it's just it's just it's just too remote. They just don't want to entertain that. Okay, they don't want to entertain that. Okay, so therefore it said it cannot be. The person, the, the person that is, is carnally minded, that is worldly minded, okay, it says that it is not subject to the law of God, all right, and neither can it be, because it's like oil and water, basically. That's what this enmity means. It's like oil and water. The two do not mix, all right? So one thing we want to make sure that we're not doing is that we are not, are not walking with a carnal or world view all the time of things in our lives, okay? We can't go by the way the world thinks. We have to make sure we're going in line with what, with what the Spirit of God is telling us, all right? So then 8 says, uh, so then they are in the, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. All right, so if you're a worldly person, not attuned to the things of the Spirit, then it's simply simple as that. You cannot please God. Not my words, the word of God. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. All right. So if you're thinking about pleasing God, then you have to make sure, first of all, that you are in line with the word of God and in line with Holy Spirit and not basing your life and your life decisions, important decisions, on flesh, fleshly or worldly decisions. All right. To be to, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Nine. But you are not in the flesh, talking to us believers now. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if you have a marker or a pencil or pen, please underline that in your Bible. Okay. So if so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Let me read the whole sentence again. If you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so, be that the if so, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your or make alive, quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Okay, you see there where it says dwells in you, underline that dwells in you. Okay, so here we're learning now that God is saying, and and, and this is God's word here that we're reading. God is saying that the spirit of God dwells in you, you listener, you listener that's hearing this message right now. Okay, if you're a believer. That means that the Spirit of God dwells in you, okay? Now, hang on to that fact because as we get into this message, you're going to see how this all all links together. Verse number 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. We don't anything to the flesh or to the, or to the world. We're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh or after worldly things. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Okay. That means we need, we need to make a constant effort, you know, to make sure we're mortifying this, the, uh, the, the deeds of the flesh, you know, the things that the world would have us drawn into, uh, uh the, the actions, you know, the beliefs that the world has. We have to make sure that we don't get drawn into that. Okay. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. If you through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. Hear that. 
Hear that. Okay. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Being in fear of things is being in bondage because that spirit of fear just captures you and holds you to the point where like you're, you're, you're almost frozen. You know, you, you can't think, you can't act, you, you can't move out, you can't trust God. Okay, so it's bondage. All right. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have the spirit of adoption whereby we, we cry, Abba, Father. The minute you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you were adopted into the family of God. Okay, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay, Abba is like an affectionate term where you're almost like you're almost saying daddy, you know. Okay, Abba, Father. All right, right. where we cry, but you have received the spirit of adoption, adopted into God's family with God as your father. Okay, so we don't have that bondage to fear anymore. Okay, if you've got fear going on in your life, you need to bind it up in the name of Jesus and cast it out because that fear is operating illegally in your life. You're a child of God. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You ask them to come into your life and take control. So therefore, if fear is in your life, if fear is dominating your life, then, then, then you have to make sure you kick that out, that you kick it out. Then you do not allow it to remain. You do not allow it to remain. Okay. And then it goes on to say here, um, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. Amen. So I just want to revisit verse number 16 here. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. Underline that. The Spirit itself, capital S it's showing here, which is meaning Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. You have to understand, saint of God, that there is an intimate relationship between our spirits and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Okay, there's an intimate relationship there. After you gave yourself to the Lord Jesus, okay, the Bible says that, that you were then, then given the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that Holy Spirit of God lives in you, okay? And that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, it says, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. It bears witness, witness, okay? Now, hold on to that thought. And if we go to Jeremiah 7, 23, Jeremiah 7, verse 23, okay? We see there, but this thing I commanded, this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Okay? So you see what it's saying, you obey my voice and, and I will be your God to be my people. It says, but they hearken not, nor incline, incline their ear, but they walked in the counsels of the evil heart. In other words, they, they, they conducted their lives based on their own thinking. Okay? And without thinking, without God's thinking in our lives, then that means that the thinking that we're doing is not in line with God's word all the time. Okay, this is that they walked in the madness of the evil heart and they went backward and not forward. And as a result of not obeying God's voice and not hearing the spirit of God, and we wind up making decisions based on our own thoughts, our own imagination, input that we're gathering for others that are not even Christian and everything. Okay, and we wind up making our decisions and carrying out our lives that way. So then they went backward and not forward. 
Okay, so we need to make sure that we're not listening to the wrong people and getting our input from from fleshly or worldly uh, or sources. Okay, now in the kingdom or God's spirit realm, we are not led by our senses. We're not led by our ears or our eyes. We're led by the spirit, by God's Holy Spirit. When we talk about hearing God, we're not talking about hearing God with our physical ears. I'm going to keep repeating that. We're not talking about hearing God with our physical ears. We're talking about hearing him in our spirit. Remember I said there's a relationship now, an intimate relationship between our spirits and Holy Spirit. Amen? So when we talk about hearing God, we're not talking about hearing God with our physical ears. How many times have you heard someone say something that you felt was meant just for you? Okay? I'm sure all of us have been there. How many times have you heard someone say something, you just felt that, boy, that, that was really meant, meant for me? How many times when we hear, hear a, a sermon, you know, a, a preacher or a minister, you, you know, speaking of something, and you felt like that word, that, that word that came forth was meant just for you? Okay, and this oftentimes happens to all of us. Now, the fact of the matter is, okay, I'm a preacher, <laughs> so I'm telling you, the fact of the matter is, is that the preacher or the minister may not even be aware of your particular situation. Okay. May not be aware of your particular situation, but what was said perfectly matches what is going on in, in your life. This is what the inward witness is all about. That's what this message is about, the inward, inward witness. Okay, When you feel that and you hear that word coming in and it kind of just registers within your spirit, okay, it registers within, your, within your, your, your body, and you may not at the time, let me for right now say registers in your mind because at the time you may not even realize that this is your spirit that is reacting to what you're hearing. Okay. Okay. So at the time when you are unaware of what I'm talking about, it kind of registers in your mind. You think, gee whiz, wow, he's speaking directly to me. How did he know that? Okay. And I'm telling you, the preacher, the minister did not know anything about what's going on in your life. Okay. But if that preacher or that minister is ministering and speaking under the unction of Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is one. And the Holy Spirit knows what you need to hear. So if that preacher or minister is speaking under the unction of Holy Spirit, what he or she is saying out of her mouth is Holy Spirit driven. So therefore it's resonating with your spirit because the Holy Spirit that is in you is communicating with your spirit. Okay. This is what's called the inward witness. This is what's called the inward witness. And that's what it's all about. Sometimes we have a gut feeling about someone or something. You have that gut feeling. You don't necessarily hear an audible voice, but there is this knowing that something is wrong or that there's an action that you should or should not take. Sometimes it's referred to as intuition. You've heard that. Sometimes it's referred to as intuition. Okay. As an example, you know, you know, mothers often have intuition as it relates to their children. They don't always know the details offhand, but they just have this feeling that hmm, something is not right here dealing with my child. Okay. Something may be going on in school. You know, the kids are away at school, the mother's at home or at work or whatever, and this thought seems to be a thought will pass it in my mind. Something's, something's not right. Maybe I should call the school and see what's going on. Okay? And that's sometimes referred to, it often referred to as intuition. Okay? Sometimes you feel a check, a quote-unquote a check, and that's a feeling of uneasiness or restraint that is, is gnawing. It's, it's a gnawing discomfort that you just simply cannot explain. Okay, there's a feeling again that something is not right. And this is a brake pedal for you or a red light for you that, that you have this loss of peace. Something is stealing your peace. Okay, that's another feeling that we get within ourselves where we're, oh, there's a, there's a check going on here. Something, something is, is not right. You know? and, and, and an example of that could be, be everything in the natural really looks great that's going on. You know, maybe this is exactly what you want, the car. 
you know, say you're at a car dealership and the car is the color and it's the price that you want it. But for some reason, internally, something you, you, it doesn't feel right about you going forward with purchasing that car. So that's a checkpoint. The Holy Spirit is checking you. Right? Don't move forward with this deal. Everything in the natural, in the world, everything in the natural looks right. Perfect color. Everything that I wanted. Matter of fact, it's got a couple of bells and whistles that I really wasn't looking for. The price is right. Okay, hmm, maybe I should move forward. But Holy Spirit gives you a check. Okay, it says, ah, something not quite is right with that deal. Okay, sometimes what happens is that there's a prompting, which will be like a gentle nudge to do something. Okay, to do something. And at the time, it just seems like a fleeting thought. Hmm, maybe I should do this. And it seems like just a passing or a fleeting thought. An example of that may be that, you know, the thought may be that someone or, or something crosses your mind out of nowhere, okay, or you get this urge out of the blue to call and check on so-and-so. Maybe it's a family member, a loved one. Maybe something on the job. You know, a lot of us are working from home these days, you know. Maybe, oh, maybe I should call in and check in, check to see what's going on. You know, maybe I should call staff. Maybe I should call my boss or whatever it may be. But you get this feeling that it, it's a prompting that there's something that you need to do. Okay, in particular, all right. This again, this again is is Holy Spirit witnessing to you. Okay, sometimes there's an abiding peace that comes over you, which is a restful feeling. It's a sense of release. Oh wow, all is well. It's it's like a quiet assurance. It's a deep sense of security that are, uh, that that things are good, and this is is the time for you to step on the gas pedal and go. Okay, this is like okay, all things are green, and you just go ahead and do what you're doing there. Okay. For instance, if you're shopping around for a house, and this has happened to my wife and I over the years, many, many times, you're you're shopping around for a house and you enter into the house and you feel in your spirit a yes or a no, whether or not you want to move forward with uh, even, even, you know, voicing your interest in the house. You know, you may, you may ask God about a certain upcoming decision and you feel restful and assured about it. Okay, there's no nagging hesitations. You know, we've been in houses and we've just felt that something was not right with that house. Was not right with, and we just did not move forward. You know, we'd get outside in the car there, and my wife often felt the same thing that I felt in a particular room. All right, but there was a, a sense of feeling there, a nagging kind of feeling to not move forward. Okay, but then at other times, though, you know, we went to build a house and everything, everything just fell into place, and we just knew, we just felt go, 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 and everything went smoothly. Okay, again, following, following that inward witness. Okay, and that's what I want to talk about today. Okay. So I'm going to talk about today how to hear God's voice through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's what this message is about. How to hear God's voice through the inward witness of Holy Spirit. And what is an inner or inward witness? An inner witness or an inward witness is it's an impression or it's a perception that takes place on the inside of you. Nothing that you're hearing with your ear, nothing that you're reading. Nothing that your five senses are bringing, bringing to bear on you. It's that peace. It's that, it's that message that you get inside, whether it's a piece, a message of peace or whether it's a, a message of caution. But that's that inward witness. That's what an inward witness is. If we go to Proverbs uh, 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Okay. And the word of God says there, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's a big statement right there. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your being and lean not unto your own understanding. Verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him and what will happen? He will direct your path. 
Okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't, 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 don't lean on on how you think something's going to happen, or how you think something is going, or input from others, or you're reading, writing, or whatever you're, you're you're going by. Don't lean on that understanding, but trust in the Lord. And if you do that in all your ways, you acknowledge who God is. Acknowledge the fact the fact that He is God. He's the, the supreme being. He's your Creator. You know, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And, and just in all your ways, acknowledge who God is. Do you praise him? And that happens. He shall direct your paths. Again, that's leading you. That's leading you. OK. And he does that not through your physical ears, but through your spirit. OK. Now, I understand. Don't get me wrong now. God is God. and He can do anything that he wants to do. He can speak to you in a loud, booming voice. He can speak to you in a quiet voice. But what I'm saying to you is that according to the word of God, it's that still voice that you hear, which is Holy Spirit. According to the word of God, which is Holy Spirit communicating with your, with your uh, spirit, that is the number one way that God deals with us. Okay? Okay? Again, he can do whatever he pleases. He can speak to you in a loud, booming voice. But the number one way that he deals with and that, that's by exception. Not many of us um, audibly hear from God. God does speak to us audibly if and when he chooses to. But the main way that he deals with us and communicates with us is his Holy Spirit communicating with our spirit. Because according to the word of God, we, with, with what we just read, okay, there's an intimate relationship there. Okay. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. Okay. And so what again, what is that inward witness? And the inward witness is an impression or perception on the inside of you in order to direct you. Now, you take the Apostle Paul, for example, and we're going to go to Scripture in a minute here. But the Apostle Paul had been arrested and he was being taken by boat to his trial. Before he took the journey, he sensed something in his spirit. He wasn't the captain of the ship, but he sensed something going on in his spirit. So with that, let's go to Acts, um, Acts 27. Acts 27, and we're going to start with verse number one. Okay, and like I said, he had been arrested and he was going by boat, okay, um, to his trial and so forth, all right? But when it was, verse 1, and when it was determined that he, uh, we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus's band. And entering into a ship of, of Aradomitium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coasts of Asia, one uh, Aristocarchus and a Macedonian of Thessalonica being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. And when he had launched from whence, from thence, we sailed into Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we sailed, um, when we had sailed over the Sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found the ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days and scarce were come over against Sinaitis, the wind not suffering us, the wind prevented us, we sailed unto Crete over against Salmon. And hardly passing it, it came into a place which is called the Fair Havens, near whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now, verse number nine. Now, when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now, uh, the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. He said, he said to them, sirs, I perceive, I perceive, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the land of the lading ship, but also of our lives. 
but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Okay, so Paul gave him a warning. He says, I perceive this is in his spirit. I perceive that this voyage will be with her. He didn't say that he heard. He didn't say that he heard an audible voice. He said he perceived, meaning in his spirit, that this voyage would be with hurt and much damage, not only of the land, of the lading and ship, meaning the goods and cargo and, uh, and ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not, it was not commodious to win. In other words, in other words, it wasn't a good place to winter in. It was not commodious to winter in. The more part advised to depart thence, if by any means they might attain to Fennis and there to, to, uh, winter, which is a haven of Crete and lies toward the south and north sea. And when the south wind blew softly, suppose that they obtained their purpose, uh, loosing thence, they went on. But not long after they arose against a tempestuous storm called the Euclidon, uh, Eurocladon. Okay, so in other words, a huge storm popped up. Paul, uh, Paul had attempted to warn them. He said he perceived that there would be problems, be much, much cargo damage, and also there would be a threat to their lives. But they did not believe him. Okay, and they decided to keep going on a- after all. And what happened was the storm came up. Okay, and then if you go down to verse number twenty, verse number twenty. You see, it says there, and when neither sun nor stars, stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. And after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and, and to gain this, this harm and loss. In other words, he's saying, Paul said, you should have listened to me and not left Crete. You should have listened. Okay, but now look at look at look at what's happening to us here. Okay, and then number twenty two. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of man's life among you, but of the ship. Okay, now again, again, there shall be no loss. Be of good cheer. Now this is not going by something that he sees or he's hearing. Again, this is his perception. This is the spirit of God speaking to him. And he went on to say, "Fear not." Um, uh, for there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Okay? So, again, now he's speaking of, of, of an internal, if you will, an internal. It wasn't really a conversation because uh, Paul was not speaking back and forth to God. God was telling him what was going to happen. He was giving him some forewarning. Okay, and surely enough, they didn't listen. See, and this is what happens in our lives so many times. God will speak to us and give us a forewarning of things that are about to come, but we we, we don't listen to. It. We go by the world. We go by our input of others, something that we're reading or something that we're hearing, instead of listening to that voice that is inside of us, that inward witness, the inward witness where Holy Spirit inside of us is witnessing to our spirit what should be done. Okay, and this is where then, where, where then our spirit then should rise up and dictate to our minds, okay, where, where, where our soul is, you know, to make the decisions, okay, because our spirits can tell us one thing, but then our mind can come in and overrule what we're hearing, and overrule because our mind, our mind operates with the physical world that's around us and is guided by the five senses, okay, and our minds, which is our our, our thoughts, are the, the the soul is is the 
it's the seat of, of our intellect, our, our personality and things like that, our emotions. OK, so if our spirit spirit cannot guide our minds then our minds takes control, our mind, your soul, your mind takes control and then makes a decision in your life. And that decision is usually based on 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 our um, on, on worldly or fleshly, fleshly things, the things that the five senses are telling us, the things that that a friend, a family member, something that we're reading to make a decision. But the Holy Spirit, in the meantime, has spoken to our hours inner spirit, our spirit, and then our spirit is saying, let's obey, let's obey. And our spirit governs the um, direction that the mind or the soul takes, okay? So again, it, it, you know, it's not very complicated. Don't, 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 don't get confused here. It's Holy Spirit talking to your spirit, and then your spirit guiding your mind, your soul, to make that decision and take that particular action in your life, okay, as opposed to the other way around. Okay, where your mind or your soul, based on external physical things going on, why is it making making the decision? Okay, so again, it's us getting to understand and to to um, to act or react to that inward, to that inward, okay, to that inward witness that we feel and hear in our spirits, not through our physical ears, but through our spirits. Okay, and as I said, it wasn't long. And that, in the scripture we just read before, the ship hit a big storm, but the angel appeared and assured Paul that everyone would make it, and they did make it. Okay. Now, understand what Paul said in the beginning. He said, again, I perceived. This is what we're covering. He perceived. We're talking about that inward witness and being led by the Spirit. Okay. Some of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is that, is, is that first of all, things uh, uh, cannot possess these qualities. You know, I mean, Things cannot uh, uh, have the, the, the attributes that Holy Spirit has. Okay, many times, you know, we say, and we kind of get into the habit because we call Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, you know, like he's a thing. You know, we speak of, we speak of a, a God, you know, or Father, you know, Jesus Christ, we say Jesus Christ. But when it comes to Holy Spirit, a lot of times we say the Holy Spirit. That's why most of the time, if not all the time, I refer to Holy Spirit as Holy Spirit. That's his name. That's what he's called, Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit. When we when we kind of kind of <clears throat> you know relegate the, uh, Holy Spirit to the you know an impersonal it and whatnot, then it becomes so impersonal we don't realize the power and 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 uh, and the might and His will that He has in us and in our lives if we allow Him to be a part of that. Okay, if we allow Him to be part of that, the Holy Spirit is very very active in man's life. If we go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, verse number one, and it says there, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with withal. With all. Okay, so underline verse number seven. The manifestation of the of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Okay, so what I want you to understand is that the Holy Spirit has a will. He has a will. Okay, and he gives to us his children as he so pleases. Okay, as the Father as God directs. Okay, but it's it's still the, the the manifestation of the Spirit, what the Spirit gives, is given to every man so that you can profit or benefit. All right, so the Holy Spirit is there to benefit us. 
When Holy Spirit is communicating with your spirit and telling you what to do, it's to benefit you. So you may prosper, so that you can avoid harm, uh, so that you can be healed, or whatever it is that is the need in your life at the current time. Okay, that's what he's there for. Okay, he has a will. Okay, he's not like a thing. Things don't have wills. The Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. If we go to John 16, uh, verse number 7. John 16, and verse number 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, the Comforter is the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to, to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have, I have, um, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot hear, bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Underline, please. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall he shall uh, not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of me, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that I uh, therefore said I that he make he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Okay, so we see here that the Holy Spirit there in verse number 13, he will guide you into all truth. So again, this is that inward witness. This is when there's something going on in your life and the Holy Spirit knows where things are going and the Holy Spirit will guide you into the truth. This is the action you should take. This is what you should think. This is what you should say. He, he will reveal to you when others are telling you lies and everything and lying to you and trying to deceive you. He will reveal to you truth. Okay, the truth. And I'm sure many of you out there can, can uh, bear witness to that, where, where you've heard someone saying something and, and you just felt deep in your spirit, eh, that doesn't make sense, or eh, that's not what the Word of God says, uh, no, nah, that doesn't quite ring right. That's that inward witness. That's that inward witness of Holy Spirit talking to your spirit, telling you don't believe what you're hearing. Okay, don't follow that advice. Don't go in that direction. That's that inward witness that is going on at the time there. Okay, and when Jesus said, it says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth in verse number seven, it is expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send unto you. Okay, Holy Spirit could not be here while Jesus was on this earth. Okay, could not be here, not being made available to all of us. In Old Testament times, when you see mention of Holy Spirit and the, and the prophet said, the spirit of the Lord fell upon me and so forth and so on. The Holy Spirit was uh, uh, poured out upon uh, prophets and men as God so chose Holy Spirit to be revealed. But now after Jesus, after Jesus went to the cross and defeated the enemy and went back to be with God the Father, that's when he said the Holy Spirit was made available. Now, if you're a born-again believer, Holy Spirit is available to you, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, so you had to go away. That's why I said, nevertheless, seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comfort of Holy Spirit will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Okay, so that's what happened. 
That's what happened. And that's why, Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, is in you, with you, right now as I'm speaking. He's ministering unto you. He's telling you right now whether or not what you're hearing is truth or not. He's telling you right now if there's an action that you need to take based on what you're hearing. He's telling you right now that when this message is over, there's something that you need to do. Amen. 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 So, so, so this is that inward witness that we need to make sure that we're understanding and that we're following because it can be nothing but beneficial to us. Okay. He's there to guide us. And if we go to, to, uh, John 14, John chapter 14, verse number 15, he says there, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. There again, comforter is the Holy Spirit. That he may abide with you forever. That he will be with you. Abide means to live. Abide means to live. Live with you forever. Abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him, neither knows him. Okay, the world, the world cannot receive Holy Spirit because the world doesn't know him. The world doesn't know God in many cases. Okay, okay. The world, had, the world has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, so therefore they, they can't have Holy Spirit. Okay, they, they cannot receive him. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world, okay, again, the world, uh, the world is referred to in the Bible as non-believers, unbelievers. Okay, the world cannot receive Holy Spirit because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Highlight all of verse number 17 there. Okay, he knows you and you know him, for he dwells with you. He dwells with you and shall be in you. He will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live. You shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am in my, my Father and you in me and I in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved by my Father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. Simple as that. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Again, make our place to live and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Hear that. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whether I have said uh, whatsoever I have said unto you. Okay. Again, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. So the things that you're reading in the word of God, again, I talk about highlighting and underlining things. Okay. Holy Spirit will bring things back to you. Bring things back to your mind. You will remember the scriptures. You will remember past things that God has said to you. You will remember past things that God has done for you to get you out of past, out of past experiences. This is the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that inward witness that will be telling your spirit. Do you remember when God brought you through that si- a similar situation? Didn't God bail you out? Remember before when you had this particular need, didn't God bring you through? Remember before when you were feeling you had this particular sickness, this infirmity, and God healed you? Okay, remember, remember, remember. Holy Spirit will, will remind you, remind you of the good things that God has done in your life. Okay? Holy Spirit will remind you of the words that you have read. Okay? Holy Spirit will remind you of the words that you had spoken in a sermon. Amen? Amen? And shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. 
Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see? Okay. So again, this is Holy Spirit. This is Jesus saying here what Holy Spirit is going to do for us and how he's going to guide us because he's living with us. Again, there's an intimate relationship between Holy Spirit and your spirit. Okay. Many times we as Christians, we don't even think about it or we forget about it or don't maybe realize it. Okay. He's there to benefit us. Okay. He said that it will profit us if Jesus sends him to us. And he did. Okay. All right. So we have to realize here this inward witness is very, very important. You need to start, take some time and think through the areas of your life that require decision making. Think about being led by Holy Spirit. Think about that inward witness that you've heard many times and will come to, come to hear in the future. Okay? And listen for that inward, inward uh, uh, witness. Listen for it, especially if you've got a decision to make. You know, you know, you know, you know you send forth your prayer and then listen. Be watchful for it because many times the inward witness happens without us even soliciting that inward witness. The inward witness happens without us even asking for it. That's the wonderful thing about Holy Spirit being in us. That we don't have to always be asking for Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what should I do, what should I do, what should I do. Holy Spirit will, will, will rise up and witness to you, witness to your spirit. Don't go there. Do go there. Don't do that. Do do that. Okay. Don't believe what you're hearing. Believe what you're hearing. This is my voice that is speaking to you. You know, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will minister to you. He will witness to you. It's that inner witness. Once you feel like you're being led by the Spirit in a certain direction, then obedience is the next step. Make sure you be obedient to what you're hearing Holy Spirit telling you. Okay? Obedience is, is demonstrating a confident trust in God. Okay? It's, having, it's showing a, constant, uh, a confident trust in God by our actions. What does James say? Work, uh, what, what is it? Uh, um, faith without works is dead. Okay, so in other words, if you have that faith, but if you don't act on that faith, okay, then, then that faith is dead. So if you're hearing from Holy Spirit, then you act on it and be obedient to what he's telling you today. Amen. So start out today. Begin by asking the Holy Spirit to teach you how to be led by him. And then simply say, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be led by you. As simple as that. Simple, simple prayer. Holy Spirit, teach me to be led by you. And then before you make any major decisions, acknowledge God. You know, say, God, this is what the situation is. And then put in what that situation is. This is what the situation is, Heavenly Father, blah, blah, blah. What are you thinking? Get down to discussing it with him. You know, Lord God, this is my situation. And outline what that situation is, state it. And then what are you thinking? What should I do? What action should I take? Or say, God, this is happening right now, and this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? This is what's going on in my life right now. This is the action I'm supposed to be, I'm thinking about uh, taking. What do you think, Heavenly Father? Should I take that action? Okay, should I take that action? And then from this point, what you need to start doing is, is begin to look on the inside. Practice looking on the inside. Do you have a peace on the inside, or do you have discomfort on the inside? Okay. If you've got discomfort raising up on the inside there, then you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, this is why I'm feeling this discomfort. What should I do? What action should I take, if any? Do I wait and rest on you and wait on you? Whatever it is. But then, and then wait for that inward witness. Okay. Wait for it. Okay. Now that you know about the inward witness, be prepared and attune yourself to its existence and be ready for when you hear it. And again, God doesn't speak number one way. He does not speak through our physical ears. He speaks through our spirit. It's that inward witness. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if it was, consider passing it on to someone else. We can be reached at www. Genesis 1. Sorry. www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button. You'll be automatically notified when these messages are made available. Uh, we're on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we have our apps, okay, for Android and Apple devices at their respective uh, app stores. And they're downloadable free of charge. Um, you can download any of these messages in video or audio only form. Uh, it, it's all there free of charge. Uh, just, just for you, just for you taking a couple of actions, you know. Again, the Holy Spirit so leads. Pass it on to someone else that you know, okay, that could benefit from hearing the word of God. Amen. Praise God. We just do this so that the word of God can spread as quickly as possible over this entire planet. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we just pray that as we go forward into the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, that we, we, we stay tuned and look for your, your, your inward witness, O oh Lord God. We hope to and want to always be guided by your precious, matchless Holy Spirit, O Lord God. Let us always to be mindful of the promptings. Let us be mindful of voice of Holy Spirit, O Lord God, so that we can be obedient to what you're telling us to do, O Lord. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We magnify thy name in the matchless name of Jesus. And all together the church said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Praise God, praise God. Pray that you always trust the Lord, trust the Lord. Look for that inward witness, okay, and respond to it. Be obedient to it in the name of Jesus, okay? Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. Oh, Lord, praises to you.